0: hi everybody welcome to another version of the bruce singer podcast just tell you a bit about the podcast it's all about content and storytelling inspiration and today is no exception uh heavily focusing on the natural food the organic food sector and the food and beverage industry and food tech that's the theme of our our podcast and uh today we have a great case matt LeBeau. and before i tell you a bit about matt um, he's great to have on the podcast and you're going to be, it's, it's a fun one. So we're going to have a good time. And, uh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm the founder and CEO of Canada CFOs, who's the who's the sponsor and producer of this podcast. And we provide fractional and interim CFOs into companies, growing companies, scaling companies, again, in the food and beverage space and the whole entire food ecosystem. So let me tell you about, I'm going to tell you about uh, our exciting guest today, Matt LeBeau. Matt is the founder of and C- CEO of LeBeau XL Sales, which is focused, again, on the natural food organic space. Uh, it's a family business. Uh, prior, to, prior to LeBeau, for a company you know called PureSource, he was the one of the shareholders and VPs there until S- PureSource had a very successful exit, which we'll share in his story, because PureSource is a phenomenal, phenomenal company, high quality. Uh, I'm a fan. They exited and sold. His career spans companies like Loblaws. And also uh, uh of distribution. Uh he's also the former chair of the Organic Council of Ontario. And he's a father, he's a father of three kids, big into hockey, and also he's also big on personal development. And he's he's a member of McKay CEO Forums. Have I got it all,
1: Matt? <laughs> That's a pretty good summary, Bruce. Well done. Well done. And he's an
0: incredible guy, person, I'm a big fan. He's exceptionally he's got a tremendous reputation in the industry. And uh, so we're going to learn, we're going to learn a lot today for sure. Absolutely. Thumbs up. All right. Thanks for having me. Thank, thank you for coming on. So first let's hit, let's share, let's share your, your origin story, your story, because when you started as a teenager, you probably didn't think about the books or sales. Yeah. It's
1: uh, i I'll, I'll summarize this one as quickly as possible. Sure. Cause it's, it's a long story, of course, but yeah. uh, entrepreneurial family, uh, Italian uh, background on my mother's side, bricklayers, started working on job sites at five years old. My grandfather also had a farm, which was what kind of got me, uh, you know, introduced to the food ecosystem, in essence, the source. Uh, we also had huge gardens being, you know, Italians love to can tomatoes and all this stuff. So food was definitely a mainstay as far as keeping the family together and and uh, the activities that we did together. Um, then started at Loblaws, Zares Markets, uh, Zares 38, Aramasa Road in Guelph, Ontario, and packing. Actually, I started in the produce, got moved to the dairy department, got moved to the packing department, and then ultimately worked grocery nights, stocking shelves all night long, uh, kind of on weekends uh, as going to high school, Uh, dropped out of high school. It wasn't for me, it wasn't uh, my my concept to sit in in a desk, I'm very... Uh, I like to be active and out and about and uh, got into uh, their uh, traveling road crews. In essence, it's almost a circus atmosphere. You're going from town wow. to town, building <laughs> new stores, wow. tearing down old ones, putting up shelves and you live in hotels and uh, did that for many, many years uh, and, and ultimately became a grocery specialist as the title. And it's uh, somebody who's responsible for the grocery department for merchandising and back then we even got engaged in union issues and there was a deli specialist a produce specialist and natural foods was part of grocery back in the day uh which was my intro to the natural foods so that is the the origin of how i got into this sector interesting because natural foods
0: was probably you were you were involved in natural foods before it became natural foods <laughs> yeah no it, it was, was uh it was, just I was another, at Loblaws. it was it was yeah. just another another product today it's whole
1: genre well, me? it was eighty-six yeah. to ninety-six. I was at Loblaw's, and honestly, it was the only things that sold were cereal. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, soy milk and snacks, organic snacks back then. So, interesting, yeah. interesting.
0: That's so. Look at yeah, that. Very, very much. Uh,
1: yeah,
0: look at things above. Okay, so you're at Loblaw's. So take us forward now. After Lob- sure.
1: uh, Loblaw's announced After they're going to close their head office in Cambridge, which was Zaire's head office. They offered us jobs down at 22 St. Clair, and I had no interest in that. I didn't want to go downtown Toronto. I was out in the Guelph area and enjoyed more of the the rural. And so uh, Pure Source was one of my suppliers at Zares, and I knew the sales manager. We had known each other through various high school things, and uh, they brought me on to sell to grocery stores because that was my area of expertise, and it was uh, very easy because nobody else in the natural foods industry really understood the grocery sector. So I was kind of like the, the first guy selling tofu and uh, wow. soy milk and, you know, you name it, Rice Dream, Pacific Foods, all these brands and Nature's Bath Cereals. We were, we were a distributor for all these brands back in the eighties uh, and nineties. And wow. uh, yeah. Yeah. Let now they're famous brands, some of them. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Pure source. You're pure source. I guess you have built it up. Yeah, so I got the opportunity to be a shareholder kind of within the first couple of years. Three guys owned it, and they were exiting one of the guys, and he owned 25%, and a few of us got to buy in his shares, and um, that was a, honestly, that was an amazing opportunity. Um, uh, Jim Estel was one of our uh, silent shareholders, and he's quite a famous business guy out in our neck of the woods in the IT world. Uh owned uh, EMJ Data Systems, which then got sold to Cinex Canada. He, C, he was the CEO of Cinex Canada. So I, I got to sit in the bar room with some really high-class guys. He brought in all kinds of accountants. Uh, the founder of Pure Source, Ron Billings, was uh, he's he moved on to the banking industry. So I, I really got exposure to some very smart and efficient businessmen uh, and learned a lot of lessons from those guys way back when. And at a young age, I was in my 20s, so. I really had no place to be there or you no know, right, but uh, they obviously saw something in me, and I'm very thankful for that. And and that's probably true at theirs too. I I got uh, some doors opened because I was uh, a big, strong farm kid and could throw pallets of salt and salt and pop around, and uh, and wasn't afraid to tackle it. And some people obviously recognized that and that I wasn't a dummy, maybe too. So yeah, look at
0: that. But you were a it. Of- it's almost like you were ahead of your time. Like once you got your feet wet, you were you were qualified in the early nineties. Well, Matt's Matt's the expert. Yeah, and twenty <laughs> something, I was the grocery there expert there in the natural food, space. There, <laughs> <weren't> food <laughs> space. there were no <laughs> experts in natural food. That's true. Food. It's true. There were just, just hang people. a sign. Yeah. yeah. Look at yeah. that. Eh? So so you stayed a pure source. Eventually, there was a successful. Everyone a, a successful exit. And congr- <laughs> congratulations. And then after Thank that, you. we. Were, how do we get to how do we get to where we are
1: today? Yeah, a c- couple years. So UNFI Canada is was previously known as Sun Opti Distribution. Uh, UNFI bought it uh, as as it was, and I was there for a couple years in a business development role. They had bought a whole bunch of distributors and were struggling to get the cultures to fit and the old Supreme Foods and the old uh, Snapdragon Foods and Pro Organics and West Wild West Co-op and. So I, I was brought in there. Um, unfortunately, on day two, their stock went from like 14 bucks down to under a buck because they had to retract their NASDAQ uh, earnings uh, posting. They had lost a whole bunch of inventory of these organic strawberries in a separate division, but that didn't matter. So business development really wasn't the order of the day, even though I, you know that was what I was hired to do. And so uh, kind of buckled down two years with them and, I just also learned that after being a pure source, I was spoiled to be an employee. I really had a bit of an entrepreneurial love, and Pure Source had brought that forward as a shareholder and 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 wanting to be somebody who contributed at the top levels. And at SunOpt, I was you know probably three or four levels down from the top. And so yeah, I just decided um, I'm un- unemployable. I better start my own company. That's so yeah, that's that's even becoming entrepreneur. <laughs> I like how like you you become unemployable. <laughs> so,
0: yeah. Yeah, but you also need a challenge at that stage. Look a young guy, you still need a challenge and okay. Exactly. So, so you got the idea, I guess, with your wife. Is that how worked it worked to start Yeah,
1: she she was working for another company. We had met at Pure Source, actually and gotten married while we were there. So that was uh, that was well, i you know very lucky to have her in my life uh but yeah she went on to another industry because obviously you can't both be entrepreneurs when you got three kids and mortgages so she worked for a company called fit foods for 10 years and you know really did an uh, an amazing job with them getting them into all the food drug mass so she became their blah blah shoppers walmart expert and that's a sports nutrition company based out of coquitlam bc and spent 10 years there and then finally just joined us uh in five years ago so uh, we're we're in our fifteenth year, I think, as Lebo Excel, and she's oh, finally she finally got the took us 10 years to be able to afford her. So yeah. okay, so we're gonna talk, so congratulations, we're gonna talk
0: about both sales.
1: Yeah. Sales.
0: And I know what I know as a layman, it, you're a food broker. I'd yeah. like to explain about food brokerage, what it is, what it isn't. It's not distribution. There's a there's a there's a there's a fine line of what goes on. You sure. can explain those relationships, but ultimately. Is what? How does how does a, how does somebody build a successful mutually beneficial partnership with a with a food with a natural and organic food broker? What 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 tips and what advice and what insights would you be able
1: to share? So I, I think a food broker, or I, I call ourselves a sales agency, because really is this is what we're focused on. So I, I believe that a company, every company has to look at. You know, how are we getting our products to market? And distribution is part of it, but distributors have tens of thousands of products. So I, Sunopta, or sorry, Sun, UNFI may have 26,000 SKUs. I, I actually don't know exactly, but I think it's in that ballpark. And at the end of the day, their sales reps, which are plentiful, cannot focus on that kind of number of, of SKUs. So uh, every, every manufacturer has a decision to make. Am I going to push that through the system myself? Or am I going to, in, in essence, hire that out for somebody that has relationships already, um, you know, ha- knows how the business is done at the different levels from independents up to chains. Um, yeah. So you can, you, you can do it one of two ways in my view, you've got to push the volume out the door of the distributors. They are not going to uh, be able to do that. They uh, want minimum amount of turns per month and, uh, you need to know what those turns are, and 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 how many stores does it take to get that. And so, I'm in essence a VP sales that comes with my own national sales team with somebody in every major market. So that that's kind of the synopsis that I bring. Now, being a VP sales, you know, I'm focused on sales. A lot of people come to us for marketing advice, and the only marketing we do is trade marketing. So, spending the co-op dollars with the retailers and executing the manufacturer's consumer marketing plan at retail. So it's, you know, it's in line. We're not a marketing firm. We don't create marketing programs. Uh, we are door knockers, in essence. We go out and, you know, hey, get an appointment. Here's what the products are. Here's the attributes. Generate sales. Got, yeah. You got it. We're in sales. And we've got to be fed all that information. So there's got to be strong, you know, sales presentations in place. And uh, the, the manufacturer should hopefully know, how much of their budget is spent on trade marketing, consumer marketing, uh, all of the the fees that come with the distributor and, and have a strong accounting uh, department for, you know, you know, somebody like you, where you come in and help them with, Hey, this deduction. Yep. It's legitimate. It's, it's not legitimate. Here's what we have to dispute, you know, all that stuff. And um, we do track our trade marketing and we will create reports that here's what we signed off on and authorized and, and, and so that way the accounting department has a checklist, but yeah, it's, it's, we are sales guys. And that's, that's, that's probably the number one uh, distinction that uh, brands struggle with. Uh, they come to us for all of the advice and we try to help where we can, but um, you know, we're, we're running a business just like anyone else on a day to day. And yeah. So,
0: okay. So now that now distinguishes, it, which is very clear, you're basically an outsource, you're an outsource sales team. That's what Correct, and it's exactly. your goal, which is the way it should be. Is we're here to drive, is to move the product, <laughs> you know yeah. yeah, a product that isn't a bubble, you know. Yes. to qualify who you work with too. There's Absolutely, a there's a relationship in place. It's I assume it's got to be about fit. You know, you got to fit with the right, with the right, with the right, right, right. Uh, yeah,
1: right producer. producer. Yeah, I'm also a member of the uh, Canadian Independent Broker Alliance. So there's a group of us that just have gotten together to try to. Talk about you know like issues, um, and, and but in any case, um, the point is there's a lot of guys like me, uh, or, or a handful anyway, and I do know from them like we're all getting all kinds of brands knocking on our door, and that's ultimately what exactly what we're trying to do, Bruce, is find fit. So find it's fit. about you know are we, you know are we passionate about the category? Do we believe there you they have the opportunity to be a number one, number two brand in that space? Um, do they have the manufacturing and or co-packing capacity to be able to fulfill? If we really step on the gas uh, and, and things go well, then they've got to have all that already, you know, aligned in, in many ways, or at least have the plan set up so that they can fulfill that. Um, and, and, and then ultimately, personalities. Business is very much still about people. And and of course, well, you're you know,
0: on the team. You're on their team. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, of course, of course. But is there any particular common like in today especially in today's environment when we're talking about building a successful partnership is there any like like the most common things that really like you said you said some before they have to have the marketing plans in place all the marketing but is there things that you come across in a day-to-day basis that really stand out that can really help that can really help these companies that that you do work with these are the things these, these are the things you need to have you should have an order that that we can really be beneficial to you
1: yeah there's that you know um, arlene dickinson has a, this incubator out of calgary and i think she's actually expanded it to toronto i used to go in and do a one couple hour you know how to work with a broker and how to work with a distributor because i've owned both uh but she definitely brings a robust program where she's talking about marketing and she has marketing experts and she has accounting experts and so she gives an entrepreneur uh, the opportunity to really learn from experts in all classes of, of the, the business or all departments of the business, HR or whatever. Um, and, and programs like that, If they're, I know there's other ones out there as well. Um, I think the Guelph well Food Technology Center uh, yeah, has, has well, some innovation. resources. Yeah, Guelph That's Innovation, exactly.
0: Venture Park, Venture Park Labs is, is the. Uh, Venture Park Labs, which Venture is, I think, Park Arlene,
1: Park. part of Arlene's uh, Toronto based group, yeah. uh, right? Yeah. 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 Those are amazing resources and I know they cost to get in but I think they're relatively affordable to get into and if I was really going okay I'm going to quit my career or whatever it is I'm doing and I'm going to invest my personal savings and do this I would I would definitely uh, consider those to be Thank smart uh, initial you, resources. Thank you, Matt. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Look, you know, what this has been this has been extremely insightful and it really helps understand it really helps understand the difference because sometimes Companies don't know. They just call you True. up, and, and a lot of it's expectations. and And this has been very insightful. Is there anything else that that you want to share that maybe we didn't discuss that you think is is important that I I didn't ask? That I think is
1: is important to bring um, up. Yeah, I, I think the other the other people can often get stuck looking inward. I find a lot of entrepreneurs are always not always but there's a lot of there's a group of entrepreneurs I've come across that are focused inward in their company and you know we're the eyes and ears but ultimately the the heart and soul of the company is the founders and they have to know what's going on in the market they have to know who their competition is they have to know what is possible from a pricing you know what is the what what product is going to sell at what price and every product has its sweet spot and you know learning that is uh, is is a big important part uh you know instead of and knowing how to, you know, how often you have to discount, or uh, how deeply you have to discount to try to get a reaction from the consumer for trial. Ultimately, when you put something on sale, it's not out of the goodness of your heart; it's to try to induce trial. And if what you're doing isn't working, then you've got to go back to the drawing board and, and always be open to pivot. That's that's probably it. That, if I was to surmise it, uh, you've got to be constantly looking at the numbers and what is the lift and. Uh, you know, how does that impact my bottom line but you, you've always got to be open to pivot
0: yeah because I that's so true because I find that too margins can be very tricky with margins you gotta really know your margins and, and in my experience sometimes they think they know but they don't really know because they didn't include like those things like all those charges <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> like, like and they can they can really bring the margins down so they can they can do stuff they can have proper distribution have proper sales. And have all the things to scale their business and grow their business. Because last thing they want to do is, is is make all these. It's great to have a million dollars of sales, but if you're only making like a dollar, you're breaking. Yeah. It your, makes that makes no that makes no sense.
1: Agreed, you know, agreed. And the, even even in the beginning, before getting in with the distributor, you know, picking a region and going, this is my backyard, and I'm just going to work with these stores directly for a time so that I learn those lessons.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, that, that's something that I find uh, people rush to distribution and rush rush to make sure that the the doors are high but really it's the turns per door is the secret number uh you got you got to make sure you're turning off shelf and then once you have that nailed down you can replicate that with more doors and uh but you know, getting more doors is not always this you know it, it can create bigger like, losses frankly like
0: yeah. do people like i want to ask you a question i just let just come up do people get to say hey get me at the costco i want the big score <laughs> like, oh yeah that, absolutely you- can actually something be more harmful than – it's It's exciting. I mean, a, a big win. Costco, man, they're going to have, like, what, a, a zillion SKUs. Oh, man, we're
1: <laughs> – okay. Well, and, and Costco doesn't really like to do business with small yep. businesses because yep. they know they will steamroll them. Like, they, they've, they've already learned through their tenure that a company's got to be a certain size with certain abilities before Costco can even – you know, get engaged with them because, and, and, and I think diversity of clients is a smart business plan. You know, that's why the health food industry is so awesome because there's it is yeah. 2,400 health food stores in Canada and you can have, they're all independently owned or, or you know, probably no bigger than 10 or 12 stores is, is the largest. And um, at, at the end of the day, when one guy gets upset at you, it doesn't, it then, take your business down where yeah, you if divert, you're in business yeah. with Blah Blahs or Costco and they are 40, 50% of your business. And if they oh. get upset with you, then it's yeah, the, the results are devastating.
0: So I don't think part of your role is to coach is to coach the client too, because Definitely. Let's, look, look, let's be serious, man. <laughs> and then they got some good content for LinkedIn. I just got into, I just got into Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> right? But it's, there, there's gotta be a sales progress, a sales strategy you know, in place, and uh, that's all, like, people coming. But as I learned, like, I coach him, because it's not always the right, like, sometimes it's just to get a big order, and if you can't, if you can't fulfill it, because that creates yeah. a whole finance issue, right? There's all whole other... Exactly. Anyway, this has been... Anyways, thank you. Thank you, Matt. Yeah. This, oh, this, this is... Has uh, awesome. This has been awesome. What I'm passionate about,
1: helping people to uh, take it to the next level, so...
0: But it's all... It is passionate, but it's also not just of a moving shelf. It's also... yeah. It's also... you're They're also they're also part of you to buy your expertise, you know, yeah. and, and, and and it, it, it's a, it's a real partnership and that's the way it works. You know, it's not just, Hey, get them out there and ship. And it's more, comp- it's more, it's much more involved. And this right. has been, this has been very, very, very educational, very insightful. And thank you for coming on the podcast. Oh. And we'll get you next time. Everybody enjoy. And yeah, thank way, you. Matt is phenomenal. If you, want, if you want to work with Matt, just, you can reach out to me. He greets out to Matt, and um, and it's great. Thank you. Yeah, both
1: of us are on LinkedIn, so easy to find.
0: Both of us are on LinkedIn. Okay, everybody, take care, and I have his link in the uh, in the podcast too. I'll link him. Take care. Bye bye.